Stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, visit www.3cr.org.au. Because we got the alternative energy on a nuclear free autonomy. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show. I'm Michaela Stubbs and this week I speak with Marcus Atkinson, one of the Walkajira Walkabout organisers, and to Dash Taylor-Johnson from the South Australian branch of the Australian Education Union about the current work of the No Dump Alliance. First up, the Walkajira Walkabout. This walk is now in its seventh year and it's a month-long walk in Western Australia and this year they were walking from Waluna to Leonora and I managed to catch up with one of the organisers and Footprints for Peace activist Marcus Atkinson whilst he was in town stocking up on supplies. We're at about the halfway point. We're just um, camped up at Jones Creek. It's a rest day today. But it's been really great so far and the last like, oh, like probably 13, 12, 13 days, we've walked down from the gates of the proposed Toro uranium mine um, just south of Waluna there and walked down to Yaliri and had a really good meeting in Yaliri um, with... Arnie Shirley and Arnie Lizzie and Vicky Abdullah, who are part of the the dual native title group of that area. And it's been really good. And we've got people over at the moment from the United States, from Canada, New Zealand, Denmark, Germany, Taiwan. So it's quite a good international group, and we're probably about 45 people, so Mm. consisting also of people from New South Wales, Victoria, and Queensland. So it's been really good, and, yeah, the weather's been so nice to us, Mm. and, yeah, everyone's having a ball and learning heaps of stuff. Fantastic. Tell me a little bit about what those sites look like, for example, arriving at the gates of the Toro uranium mine site. It looks beautiful, actually, because there's nothing happening there yet, and that's the way that we would like it to stay. But um, what Toro is, is actually proposing to do out there is like crazy, so... We were out there, we had a really big talk about what the plans are for that area and Toro themselves, like how that would end up if that all went ahead, they're proposing four shallow open pits across two lake systems and the consumption of water that they're proposing is is up around 10 or 11 million litres of water per day and it's really good for people to be out here and look at that and look at those floodways that they're talking about doing that open pits and also realizing how dry it is out here and how little water there is and and where is that 10 or 11 million liters of water a day going to come from 
And and at the end of all of that, there'd be over 50 million tonnes of radioactive tailings. Mm. And then, like, to walk from there down to Yaliri, it, it's only about 50, 50, 60 kilometres. And to realise that they want to do a very similar project just, like, 50 or 60 kilometres away using another like 9 or 10 million litres of water a day, and like at Yaliri, that is, and then a 9 kilometre long by 1 kilometre wide open pit uranium mine. It, it's just crazy. And I think it's really important that people are out here and really see how beautiful that land is. We've had these massive flocks of wild budgerigards and finches and everything flying around us the whole time. And Arnie Shirley and Arnie Lizzie have been pointing out like dingo tracks and kangaroo tracks and emu tracks and showing us all this bush food and stuff along the way. I think people have really like got a, a deep understanding of how this is beyond uranium and this, and it's about country and culture and and this whole issue is, is intertwined with each other. Mm. We really hoped with uh, the change of government that at least in terms of these uranium mines that might make a big uh, change to, to the campaign and that could see the, the sort of end of the story of these proposals. What's that situation looking like now? Yeah, it's, it's a bit sad actually that Labor have kind of backed down on, on their own policy. Their, their own policy states that they won't allow uranium mining in Western Australia. And just a, a week or two before the walk was about to start, Mark McGowan, the, the Premier of WA um, Labor Party, um, said that they would implement a ban on uranium mining, but they would have to allow the four projects that already have state approval to go ahead, which is, like, from our perspective, like a huge cop-out. Their, their policy doesn't state that, and they have always said that anything that doesn't have final approval and is in the beginning of construction and stuff would be stopped. But all these four projects of Waluna, Yaliri, Kintyre and Mulga Rock None of them have final approval. So it's a huge cop-out by Labor. But we do have in, in about 10 days' time, I think, is the Labor State Conference. And there's going to be a huge debate within Labor around that uranium policy and, and many other policies. And there's a really strong group within Labor that, that wants to, to uphold that policy and, and to strengthen it. So we hope that a lot of this comes up at the Labor State Conference and that Labor comes out of that conference with a strong uranium policy and looks at ways to implement that ban across the whole state. And Mark McGowan and, and the Cabinet will, will follow the policy. Um, but on a kind of sidetrack from the Labor Party and their policy... Um, Arnie Lizzie, Arnie Shirley, Arnie Vicky and with CCWA and the EDO 
have just launched a Supreme Court case around the decision for Yaliri to go ahead because the EPA in Western Australia recommended to the state government that it should not go ahead, that it would cause the extinction of up to, to 15 subterranean flora species. But the, the Liberal Environment Minister at the time, Albert Jacobs, he went against the advice of the EDO and gave approval for Yaliri. So just in the last few weeks, that Supreme Court case has been lodged and whatever Labor does, that Supreme Court case will go ahead and, and we're quite hopeful that at least that decision on Yaliri should be overturned. We're speaking with a Wokajira Walk organiser, Marcus Atkinson, and you'll hear him use the abbreviation CCWA for Conservation Council of Western Australia, EDO, the Environmental Defenders Office, and EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency. You're listening to the Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR and broadcast nationally thanks to the Community Radio Network. We've seen an amazing scenario with the uh, nuclear industry this year with so many um, of those, you know, sometimes really massive corporations going bankrupt and going out of business. Has that affected Cameco or Toro? Oh, it's it's definitely affecting them. I think their break-even price to sell uranium is around like $60 a pound. The price at the moment is $20 a pound. So it's nowhere near economically feasible for them to do that. And we're seeing like renewable energy kind of growing and growing because it's becoming cheaper and cheaper. And we're seeing the nuclear industry pull the plug on on a lot of new reactors because they're just becoming more expensive and more expensive. And as that happens, the price of uranium is just dropping and dropping. It's gone from like $120 a pound around six or seven years ago to $20 a pound at the moment. So it's completely uneconomical. Cameco, in their last financial report, actually wrote off their whole investment into the Kintyre uranium proposal up in the Pilbara. So these companies are already seeing that it's completely uneconomical. And I think Cameco is kind of that bigger company and they can sit on on these deposits for the next 10 or 15 years just in the hope that that the, the nuclear industry recovers, which there's no sign of that happening. But I think for the, the smaller companies like Toro, and Vimy Resources, which is out at Mulga Rock, their only like option really, and I think they're looking at that a lot, is to try and sell this to either an Indian, a Chinese or a Russian company. But I don't think there's much chance of that happening. But as far as the economics of the project, like Toro is never going to get the money to get this mine up and running near Waluna. And Vimy Resources is probably the scariest out of the two because it seems like they have 
a lot of financial backing at the moment from Twiggy Forest, and that's kind of Twiggy seems to be a bit of their lifeblood at the moment, and and hopefully that changes and they go down. But it's something we in WA and around Australia really need to keep an eye on what Twiggy's involvement in this whole process is out at Mulga Rock. Just thinking about those kind of time frames, like you said, with Cameco, they can they can just sit and wait and it's not a worry for them. But obviously for the traditional owners, there's a lot of stress that they suffer during that time. How, what is the sense from the folk that you're, you're travelling with? Yeah, absolutely. I think especially for the traditional owners, like Arnie Shirley and Arnie Lizzie that are out here with us, like they were saying how this is over 40 years mm. for them. And it's gone through, like, Labor put a ban on and then it come, Liberal Party got in and took the ban away and it's gone through Western Mining Corporation to BHP and now it's Cameco. And it's, like, over 40 years. And I think, like, that's way too long and it should never happen in the first place. But they're in their late 60s and stuff now. So for them, this has been going on since they were in their 20s, and it's like they just want Yuliri protected so as this doesn't go intergenerational and their grandchildren and stuff have to keep fighting to protect that area as well. So I think, like, it's a huge amount of stress and, and stuff that these corporations are putting onto the traditional owners that just goes on and on and on. It's like they never know where they stand and what's going to happen and what the next government might do. And it's, it's really important from that sense to just get like a blanket ban across the whole of Western Australia so traditional owners don't aren't left in this position for another two years or especially for another 40 years. And, and I think on, on the other sense, like especially people from overseas and, and that are, are quite shocked that, that the traditional owners don't just have the right to say no to that. And I know there's a, a, a young woman here from Canada who's an independent journalist who's done a lot of stuff around Cameco and the uranium mines that they operate in northern Saskatchewan. And she was saying, like, it's so, so similar to the issues that are uh, with First Nations people in that northern Saskatchewan and in the places where where they have come in and mined this uranium. It's caused nothing but problems for the community. And, and we know that here as well from Ranger and stuff. But a, a hopeful note, for, for us is that she's saying Cameco are starting to like lay workers off in, in that northern Saskatchewan and start closing some of the mines just because it's not economically feasible and their share prices have plummeted like 60-70% in the last four or five years. So there's a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed and we definitely do not want to see Western Australia in the same situation as Northern Saskatchewan with Cameco. And that's why 
will be out here doing whatever's necessary to stop this from going ahead if it gets that far. That was Marcus Atkinson, and with two radioactive show producers on the walk right now, we can look forward to some of the interviews with the traditional owners and uh, a range of walkers on upcoming shows. But in the meantime, you can check out Nuclear Free WA on Facebook for videos from the walk and walkingforcountry.com, and you can follow the links for more information about the walk there. Uh, We also got sent some music which was recorded fireside on one of the nights during the walk. Only angels get that view from the top Don't take away the pain by making your world stop Our path is to care through the madness We're painters in the days of the canvas tempered by a harsh flame You can walk in the sunshine with your soul in the rain But in this world you gotta keep trying In this old world you gotta try And we just heard a song from Kid Valence. It was recorded fireside on the Wokajira Walkabout. This is the radioactive show heard across the country via the Community Radio Network. The No Dump Alliance was formed in South Australia in response to the Jay Weatherall government's ideas about turning South Australia into a high-level international nuclear waste dump. But after finally walking away from that proposal earlier this year, the fight has turned its focus on the federally proposed national nuclear waste dump. And there are currently three sites being explored, Bandiuda in the Flinders Ranges and two sites on farmland near Kimba. And we spoke to Dash Taylor-Johnson, who talks a little bit about the involvement of the Australian Education Union in the the Alliance and also outlining a new petition that they've just launched in order to refocus on the federal proposal. Look, in terms of, you know, why? Why would a union be involved in this sort of an area? Um, in actual fact, you know, one of the five core priorities that uh, we've got is about uh, respecting so social justice, advocating for um, positive change, awareness around environmental sustainability concerns, um, and to look beyond uh, that that notion of, of core wages and conditions. And we certainly feel that's important uh, to be a progressive union, and we think that reflects uh, what our membership, um, you know, want us to pursue as well as obviously maintaining and enhancing their working conditions um, and remuneration that comes with it. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on 
with the Alliance now? Yeah, look, one of the things that um, the Alliance did was we, you know, we, we sat back and had a review uh, and we we spoke about uh, the achievements and what we'd done and how we've been able to um, you know, really focus the voice of the community. Uh, and we were aware that, you know, would that same um, concern be there for a federal um, you know, waste facility in terms of managing uh, the nuclear waste through that, uh, because it certainly has been tried before. This isn't a new um, thing for South Australia, and uh, in actual fact was, you know, defeated, you know, with uh, the help of, of uh, both governments in the early 2000s. So, uh, but I guess one of the key things was is that the the international waste stuff with a really high level um, waste made it very uh, clear for people about uh, the potential damage, and it it was very obvious to us in the alliance that um, you know the intermediate waste that would be um, within this uh, proposed facility is still going to have um, significant concerns that replicated those for the international dump it's still going to have concerns about transporting waste from point a to point b which could be from lucas heights all the way through many uh, communities to get to a location somewhere in south australia um, it's still going to have the, the impact uh, on the environment. I mean, it, 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 it seems quite ludicrous that you can have a federal government that seems uh, to believe there's such a thing as clean coal. Uh, it's a bit like uh, you, you think that any exposure to uh, you know, irradiation, there can be a safe level of that. I mean, that, that, that seems you know, ridiculous. Uh, and, and there, of course, is to the... Um, the significant factor that we're talking about uh, imposing uh, another uh, product of westernised society uh, into the indigenous lands. Um, and, look, that was a very strong uh, message that was sent and that really united a range of unions, including um, you know the SA Union's executive representing uh, a number of unions who were quite public um, in that area of the international dump, and it, it is still a, a, a real strength um, in terms of we want to show respect. Um, you know, particularly the area in, in Hawker is quite sensitive. Uh, also exposes uh, underground water tables to risk. Um, you know, I mean, there's impact on you know potentially tourism through the the Flinders Ranges. You know, and so now they've, they've brought up this other option into um, Timber, saying, well, you know, it's sort of the middle of the Eyre Peninsula. Does anyone really care too much? But it's still Indigenous land. It's still agricultural land. That, again, is uh, in contrast to uh, the rules around having anything nuclear in an area where there can be things grown. It's still going to require, you know, transport, including potentially, you know, what people don't realise is that this does involve waste um, coming that's been removed from Australia, had a, a treatment process and then brought back you know, via potentially France, you know, back in for storage, which currently is being managed um, quite effectively in a really quite a good facility, you know, the facility of Lucas Heights. And that, in fact, can be maintained for you know decades to come. And so a core question is, if you want to have the discussion, let's have the discussion. But there's a real sense of imposition. And uh, it's interesting that there tends to be this seesaw between targeting the Northern Territory or targeting South Australia mm. as a potential site uh, without actually having a broad-based uh, consultative process that has a look at 
you know, you know, what can we do um, in terms of managing what we are producing? And we're quite aware that um, from the medical point of view that there is uh, an aspect of, of nuclear waste that's created against you know, low levels, and we're currently managing that well. I mean, one thing we do want to make clear is that, you know, that industry is not going to be impacted um, at all by a rejection of a, a, a an interim site, which is, uh, again, quite a, a concern that things might be moved more than once, should it even go that far. Uh, there's going to be no impact on that industry if, uh, and I believe when, the uh, the notion of this federal dump is uh, is rejected again by South Australia and, and let's think about a more, uh, I guess, considered view about managing waste that is developed uh, here. The, yeah, a long way to go. We've just started. Now, the petition is basically calling on our leaders, uh, to which is our current Premier, um, uh, and then our Leader of the Opposition, so Jay Weatherall and, and Stephen Marshall, uh, to reflect what the South Australian people have already expressed and you know to basically put put the words in a public thing to make that stance now we're well aware that there's a state election coming up in March um, and you know people are cautious about what they are saying but it, it seems from our current premier's point of view a little bit of uh, environmental hypocrisy where he can announce you know a few days ago you know a, solar thermal in Port Augusta, and we certainly mm. embrace that from an environmental point of view, and then be totally silent on um, that, uh, you know, the implication is that the, it's actually okay for mm. the federal government to identify a site and SA and for us just to take it on board, which would again require uh, legislative change for it to occur. Um, and and we're, the petition is, is, is to direct our, our politicians into making a statement you know, and, and we believe the appropriate statement would be that, no, it's, it's not welcome in South Australia, and let's be part of a, a broader discussion about how Australia can manage that in a responsible way. It, it's a common sense. It's, um, you know, it, it's, it's considerate of uh, the views uh, of the populace. It, you know, would provide opportunities to have everything, all the other factors you want to consider, you know, mm. so that it actually becomes... Um, you know, potentially a plan for our future rather than this reactive notion of, you know, let's just throw it out over here. I mean, it, it, it doesn't seem well thought through um, and we are going to resist it. Um, I mean, that's as, it's as, as simple as that and we're going to bring uh, people with us. We just heard from Dash Taylor-Johnson. He's from the Australian Education Union and he was just bringing us a little update about the current activities of the No Dump Alliance. And they've turned their attention to the federal government's National Waste Dump Plan. You can find the petition and sign up for email updates from the Alliance at their website. It's nodumpalliance.org.au. And that's all we have time for today. Thanks so much to Dash and to Marcus Atkinson for speaking to us today. And for more nuclear news, you can check out our podcast at 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. And for all the links from today's show, you can find them on our Facebook page, The Radioactive Show. Well, thanks for tuning in and we look forward to your company again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues. Mm-hmm.